I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 239 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I am doing okay. How are you doing this Wednesday evening? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you on a Wednesday. Halfway done with the week. Uh, uh, Also, we can talk about this week's Andor instead of last week's Andor. I know. It's so fun. I love changing things up every now and then. And we'll get to it, but god damn, I love this show. I know. It's so good. But what's been, what have you been up to? Well, what have I been up to? So last Friday, I went to a Doobie Brothers concert. And... I had a lot of fun. I love my Doobie Brothers. I drank a lot. Hung out nice. with my brothers. It was fun. Saturday. So, a little backstory here. Um, so, my sister had texted my family and I on Wednesday saying, Hey, I put your emails in a lottery. I'm trying to win tickets to Cats. And we're just okay. like, Okay. Yeah, like my sister loves musicals and I was just like, okay, yeah, put in my email. Let's do this. And at like 4.03, she texts me and she says, oh, my God, I won the lottery. And she sent me the picture. And in the picture, in very small writing, says, um, buy your tickets by 4 o'clock p.m., or you can't buy them. Yeah. And I told her, hey, did you did you buy the tickets before 4 p.m.? She said no. And I'm like, oh, that means you didn't get the tickets. She was very devastated. Oh, no. It was kind of funny. Like, it was like one of those just like it was like horrifyingly like you you're so excited. You won something. You got tickets for something. And then it's back down to fuck. I didn't win shit. So, yeah, that sucks. So then. Friday, the lottery's back. We all we all get into the lottery, and I ended up winning the lottery for the Saturday 2 p.m. showing at Cats. And I'm excited because I'm like, oh, great. Like, Brandy and her boyfriend can go to Cats. And she texted me, and she said, hey, um, 
do you want to come with me? I said, no. <laughs> Correct. No. no. I uh, take, take Drew. Drew will go with you. She's like, no, he doesn't want to go. And then, unfortunately, I write on the tickets that since I won, I have to go pick him up. And so I'm like, oh, shit, I have to go to this cat's. So I dress up, go to cats. Well, I get there, pick up the tickets and I'm talking to my sister. I said, I didn't know that you're into cats. And she's like, oh, I'm not. I just wanted to go see a musical. Okay. Ah. I don't. I, I mean, there's such a wide variety of musicals. It's being like, I just want to go see any movie. I'm like, no, I don't want to see any movie because some movies are good and some movies are like moonfall or some shit that i definitely do not want to go see cats is moonfall and it's so funny because the only memory i have of cats was i took this performing arts class in seventh and eighth grade and on rainy days we would watch like the vhs tape of it on broadway but we would only get like 45 minutes in because that's how long class was so I was thinking, okay, like I remember some of Cats and we get there and we're like third row seats, like very good seats, like very good, not for cats. Yeah. And the show starts and Emily, what the fuck is Cats? Like, uh, first off, I couldn't even <laughs> understand them. So when they're talking about Jellicle Cats, I'm thinking like, what the fuck is an angelical cat? I mean, it doesn't help that... It's Jellicle is just a thing that Tia made up. Like, it's not like a real thing. Like, there's no such thing as a Jellicle cat. It's just a term. It's a fake term that I made up for for the cats. And then, what's the cavity? Macavity oh. is the name of the cat. He's the bad cat. He has one of the only songs I kind of like. It's the Macavity song. Taylor Swift sings it in the um in the movie version. Okay, Macavity, so that's Macavity, there's no one like Macavity. That one. Oh, I thought she was just talking about the cavity. Like there's no. nothing like the cavity. M- and I'm like, what the Mick fuck is Cav- the cavity? MC Cavity. Macavity. Which cat was MC Cavity? Macavity is well, I mean, in the movie he's He's Idris Elba. He's like the bad one. He's like the dangerous cat. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sing okay. a whole song about him. It's hard to describe them any way other than he's the one who the song Macavity is about because that's what the musical is, is the song, the cats come and they sing songs about how, what cat they are and then they stop. So the whole plot of cats basically is that the cats meet up once a year to try to get the big cat to resurrect them. Basically, yeah. They, like they have Jesus. The, they have the Jellicle Ball, and then they all introduce themselves and sing about their catness. And then one of them is picked, and that cat goes to the heavenside lair and is, I guess, like, reborn somehow. Yeah. Yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I think it's more like they're born into a new what's the word for it? My mind is going to a blank. 
You think I know, even though I was just no, there not, on Saturday? Not, oh, not in cats, but like to be like they're reborn as a new like life. Not like Jesus, because Jesus is still Jesus when he comes back to life. Yeah, I mean, that other cat, she came back from, you know, whatever stair, the staircase to heaven, and she was like the same. But anyway, it's, I fucking hate cats. It's terrible. I just couldn't believe that I ended up there. It was it's a, it, yeah. very funny. It was an interesting experience. Um, a lot of people brought their kids, which, I mean, of course, it's an afternoon showing. So, yeah, that's probably the perfect time for you to bring kids. Um, it was a packed house. I mean, we had pretty good seats. I'm really hoping that they do lotteries again for different Broadway plays because I know that Hamilton's coming down. But I probably doubt that any lottery is going to be available because everyone's going to snatch those tickets up. But, yeah, it was a fun excuse to... You know, get out of the house on a Saturday afternoon, go downtown, watch a musical with a bunch of people like cats. But damn, some of those kids are really talented. Like, I guess the like the, the pros of going to a nice Broadway play is that, you know, talent is there and I enjoy good talent and I love a good facial expression. Like, you know, the the gray, black and white cat, the main cat, he had a lot of good facial expressions and I liked that. Okay. <laughs> That's a rave review of any show is he had a lot of good facial expressions. Oh, well, yeah, because especially as a cat, because it's like he's acting as a cat. Like, that's that's cool because, you know, you don't normally do that in musicals and just like just their ability to forget that they're like a 20 something year old you know, millennial and they're acting like a cat on stage, you know, like that's, that's some talent right there. Good for them. But yeah. And then family photos on Sunday. So did that. And now I'm awaiting. Oh, and I, I, I booked my Disney Paris trip next April. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. I was looking through because for the longest time, Disney wouldn't let me, um, look at the dates and like Thursday night before I was going to sleep, I saw that my dates were available and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I can't purchase this yet because I need to go to sleep. So I slept on it. Um, and I got my hotel. Um, I don't have to do park reservations cause I'm staying at the hotel and it recognizes that. So that's good. That's one headache out of the way because I'm not a fan of Disney's reservation system. If I want to go to Disney park right now, I'm going to a fucking Disney park right now. But I'm excited. Um, the only thing I'm not excited about was I had a ton, a ton, a ton of Disney gift cards. And I can't use them for overseas Disney parks. Only Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, and Disney Store. So okay, that's well, a bummer. I mean, you're, you're about to go on a Disney Cruise, aren't you? Yeah, but um, it's already been paid for. So maybe I want to go back on one with Carlos so that Carlos can experience a Disney cruise. Cause Carlos is already against the idea of a Disney cruise. Cause he thinks it's like too expensive. And he thinks like, what, like, do I get to sleep with Mickey with this price? Like, why is it so expensive? But, um, is Mickey, is Mickey know. would be his choice. Uh, I don't think so. I haven't asked him though, but probably Minnie or Daisy. He didn't talk about Daisy duck too much. So probably Minnie. Okay. Minnie mouse. 
Yeah, I'm excited. That's in about a, a week from now. So a week from now, I will be eating or drinking something delicious. And yeah, I'm I'm excited. I need, I need a vacation. So where's the cruise fun. going? The cruise is going to Catalina for one day and Ensenada, Mexico, another day. Okay. And it's a Halloween-themed cruise. So one night is pirate night, so I have my pirate costume. And another night is costume night. So we have our costumes. Uh, we're dressing up as the ugly stepsisters from Cinderella. My mom's going to be the ugly step or the evil stepmother. The Drizella family. So we have our costumes. I was just telling you before that I need to uh, touch up my feather because the sisters wear the feather to the ball. And I wanted to be uh, historically accurate <laughs> since we are technically going to an event and I, I want a feather. I'm even sorry, though historically accurate? Yes, historically as in, you know, Disney movie historically. But technically... We're not because in the movie, um, the feathers are different colors. Drizella's is pink, and Anastasia, Anastasia which that's going to be me, is yellow. But we're switching it around. I believe my sister's feather is actually going to be blue, and mine's going to be pink because that's kind of in our dresses. So, and at Disney parks, technically, the feathers are the colors of the dresses, not from the movie. So, I guess we are going as, like, the Disney park version. But we got these, like, dresses from Amazon that the colors are kind of off a little bit. So, we have to be a little creative with it, which I think it will be exciting. I just hope that people recognize that we're the ugly stepsisters. Because, I mean, we're really pretty, so, like, I'm really hoping that, you know, we're really acting well. I mean, they're not. to get our makeup done. They're not all that ugly in the cartoon. Yeah. Disney just has this really awkward shit about how pretty is good and ugly is evil. Yeah, that is also true, unfortunately. Because I know the Disney parks, they just cake a bunch of makeup on them and that's how people know that's ugly stepsisters because you can see Anastasia's pink um eyeshadow from a mile away and I want to do that I'm excited I don't normally use like pink eyeshadows or anything so I'm really excited to like go crazy on that for the boat and then to curl my hair I have to do those like really tight curls I was contemplating getting bangs because uh, she has bangs, but I don't... That's a big commitment for one night of a costume. I guess, but it's fun. But maybe I'll just like clip my hair some way to make it look like I have bangs or something. I'll I'll figure it out, though. No, I hope you have a good time. And I want pictures of your costumes. Yeah, hopefully. Because I don't know. Because you have to buy Wi-Fi. Or, like, any sort of, like, cellular stuff for the boat. I Because I have AT&T, and I think it was, like, $50 for, like, the whole time. And I'm thinking, yeah, I might as well just do that. That's not too bad for a couple of days. I know. I was thinking of just caving in because, you know, Carlos is going to be here and... I feel bad for the poor guy because he's taking off time, too, because he's like, oh, great. I'll go on vacation, too. And I'm, I'm like, oh, what are you going to do? And he's like, nothing. He's going to come visit me in I'm New like, York. We, d- we didn't tell you, but. 
Oh, man. You know, that's why he's been so weird lately, because he's going to go see his good friend Emily Lind. Yeah. We're going to hang out. We're going to go see cats. Well, you know, I, I actually have something to admit to you. Um, you see, I'm not actually going on a Disney cruise for five days. I'm going to London for five oh, okay. days. I'm hanging out with, with uh, Kev from uh, Scruffy Look Podcast. All right. Uh, you have fun. I hope you guys have a good time. You can go to, I'm sure there's a football game you can go to. Yeah, we're, we're going to Disney Paris because he specifically <laughs> told me that he wants to go in Autotopia because it's oh, something that, that you've always I mean, dreamed of doing. I mean, you have all of my blessings to go to Disneyland Paris with Kev because he ain't going with me. <laughs> I would love to see him at a Disney park with like the Mickey ears because I think, didn't he do the, the Star Wars night? Yeah, I think he really enjoyed it. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, that's good. You see? Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, Emily. Like, you, you know when I'm going. So, you know, if you you just end up there on that day, too. Like, that's swell. No. Nope. Like, I can't wait. I'm going to be in Scotland. Oh, man. Worlds apart. <laughs> you and I. I'm going to be making friends with the Loch Ness Monster. We're going to hang out. We'll have tea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to go to, to the historical landmark that is the home of celebrity artist Chris Hall. You know, I love historic landmarks. Like, I'm a big history buff, et cetera, et cetera. So, so the fact that you are going to the the residence or the, the land of celebrity artist Chris Hall and, and family, I... I'm very jealous, but I hope you have a good time. Yeah, that's. I hope he shows you all of his art. That's my that's my Disneyland Paris. I hope he plays you a lot of good music Ugh. because he always spins a lot of good stuff. God damn it. Um. Yeah, you'll you'll have fun. I'm excited for us though. International trip, Emily and Brittany taking on Europe. Yay! Yeah, that'll be cool. Hopefully. I know my uh, bank account is crying a little bit, especially like taking out the the Disney money and everything. So uh, that's not going to be fun. I still haven't booked my flights yet because flights are still really high right now. So I'm hoping that they'll go down in the next couple months. Yeah, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on them. Yeah, I have my Google alerts up because it's like staying steady at 1600 for two people. And I want to try to get it down to at least 1200 or a thousand that would be a dream a thousand dollars for two people london and back amazing but yeah that's not much has been going on here what about you what have you been up um, to no it's not it's not been uh good it was a rough weekend but uh you know it's not not really anything that can be done about it. It was some stuff that was, um, I guess, inevitable, but it sucked when it happened. But anyway, you know, uh, let's see. I watched, uh, I watched House of the Dragon. And, well, I tried to. Some of it, I stared at my screen going, I can't tell who any of these people are or what's going on because, God forbid, 
you actually have any lighting on your show whatsoever. Who the fuck was that? Dude, I don't... I read something of how it was intentional, and I'm like, you're intentionally making it so I can't see your show? I don't get it. Like, you can indicate to me that it's night and still have me be able to see things clearly. I, I had I had I had the I had the my brightness all the way turned up and I still and the lights in the room turned off and I could still barely tell what was happening. Yeah, I was reading that they intentionally shoot during the day and then like dim it themselves because it's like cheaper for them. And I'm thinking you cheap you, bastards. Look, look, I have no problem with that, but dirking it less. It was so bad. It was so hard to concentrate. Like, and it was a fine episode. Um, but like th- that, when that little, when um, Allison's kid is going to steal the dragon, it took me like half the scene to figure out who the fuck it was. Like I could tell it was some person with blonde hair and that's all I could tell. Man, fuck them Targaryen kids. Oh man, those kids fucking suck. Except Helena. We don't know about her yet. Other than, like, she likes bugs. Yeah. And she likes to say riddles. Like, last, like, two episodes ago, you know, she was saying that Eamon would have to lose an eye or something. And then he, like, fucking lost an eye. I'm thinking, oh, shit, we have a poet. We have a poet who knows it and can tell the future. That's cool. Yeah, she's she's fine. Those kids fucking suck. Yeah. They're all shitty. They're either like stealing people's dragons or like masturbating out of windows. I don't like them. Oh my god! Yeah, we never talked about how horrible the scene was where he's just like masturbating out the window. Then like mom fucking walks in and she's just like, "You're gonna be uh, king." I fucking hate her so much. She's reached a point where she's she's nutty. Like, this has consumed her. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. And I don't... It's not great, because... I I don't know. It feels very much that she is... Like, most of her acting is doing crazy eyes. Which I could do without. And I just... I'm not not all in on the, you know, hysterical woman storyline. But... Fuck, I love Renera. I love her so much. Um, one of the things I love about her so much is the love that she has for her children is so strong. Because, you know, I see Allison with her kids and, you know, I don't see much out of those crazy eyes. Like, behind those crazy eyes, I don't see much. But Rhaenyra, like, you know, that scene when Allison was saying that she wants to take out um, Jace's eye or something. And Rhaenyra is just, she's ready to go. She's ready to fucking fight her right there. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I loved it. So I want to talk to you about the inevitable sex scene that Rhaenyra and Damon have. It was very different than I was expecting because... The chemistry with younger her and him was much more, like, fiery, passionate. And this was slower and more romantic. And so it felt way more of a 
actual love connection that I was I was just expecting fiery t- clothes tearing off sex scene and instead it was this almost sweet tender thing and I don't know quite how I feel about that on the one hand it was sweet and romantic and I like them to, as I look we gotta just put aside how terrible like <laughs> it is in reality but because it's just it's just like part of the show and the way the family works and so there's only so much you can you know say about it and so I kind of feel cheated that we didn't get hot fiery sex scene but they're like I'm kind of like oh but they actually love each other yeah I was nothing will ever beat take me to Dragonstone and make me your wife speaking that in and high valerian like nothing on this planet earth will never beat that chemistry that they two had in that scene like nothing can ever because i feel like you know the Rhaenyra we have now in Damon. like there is chemistry there but it's not as strong as i would have liked it you know compared to you know younger Rhaenyra. but it's still really that good that said We've always been meant to burn together is also a really good line. Yeah. And I loved their wedding. Their wedding. I loved the Valerian wedding, you know, cutting them, you know, her cutting her lip and them like kind of exchange. Were they drinking blood too? Or were they just drinking wine? I I don't. I'm going to say it's wine because I can't. I don't know. Maybe they're drinking each other's blood. I that I wouldn't be surprised, but I really liked it. Um, I liked how their kids were there too, except for a little Joffrey. Um, I feel for Damon's twin daughters because I can't imagine losing your mother and then losing your mother's dragon. You know, from a shitty Targaryen kid that you know you that you then like he was just attacking them. You know, that's horrible. Fuck them Targaryen kids horrible but i'm glad that she has her targaryen stepbrothers because i think they're good little boys yeah they were defending themselves and defending their honor and i like them fine yeah that whole scene when the you know the big fight was going on when allison you know grabbed like the little little dagger and try to go at Rhaenyra like that was fucking intense like you see that's the kind of shit I like in this show like I'm so glad we're not getting a lot of gore unnecessary violence unnecessary assault etc etc we're getting some like good old family drama because you know what's better than that Emily yeah it felt much more like a soap opera fight and I mean that in a good way Mm -hmm. because I like that shit and I think it's a lot of fun yeah, I really enjoy Viserys's like aloofness with all of it because you know he sees Rhaenyra's boys, and I don't know if he just doesn't care that like obviously they're not Laner's kids, but he's just like you know they're my grandboys, like they're my boys. Like let's stop saying that they're bastards because it doesn't matter. Like could we Look, stop I, this? I I think his his thinking is. We're just all going to ignore this because the thing that matters is the future of the kingdom. And, it, you know, it's, there's that line, the the blood isn't remembered, names are. 
And it's like, yeah. Doesn't it doesn't matter if they're bastards if everybody pretends they're not. Yeah. And I really felt for the sea snakes losing oh not the sea snake. The sea not the sea snakes, um the uh whatever god what were their names again the laner's family what's their family name the sea snakes okay i got it right losing both of their children technically yeah well yeah because if you think your kid is dead it doesn't matter if he's really alive because you don't know that i was really surprised that HBO was decided to be like, you know what? Let's let's have Lander just escape. I think they have gotten whether I mean I don't know whether it was you know an HBO decision or a showrunner decision or even D- George uh, decided to do it differently, but I think they have gotten so much shit for how badly they've bungled their queer characters that way they went we can't kill this guy too i'm glad they didn't and i'm glad that him and rhaenyra had that moment where he was saying you know he hate how he was made and she said you shouldn't i don't like you're a good man that that's all that matters like I keep seeing all these memes about like how great of an ally Rhaenyra is and you know she really is and it's it's really cool to see something like that in the show and it was really nice to see like kind of a happy ending for a queer character in a show where nothing good happens to queer characters which is horrible so I was really happy yeah. to see that change because I mean I I thought he was gonna die I, w- I really thought that you know that fight that you know his partner and him were having was okay like i had to walk out of the room because i'm like i don't like violence so (laughs) no that was me pausing my ipad and getting on and reading a recap of the episode and then going okay i can watch this i know i just keep flashing back to the first episode that i watched and me texting emily in the middle of it just being like tell just tell me what happens i i I can't handle this (laughs) Because especially not watching in subtitles, not knowing what's going on, not knowing, like, you know, whose dick is going to be cut off. Like, I, it's, it's very overwhelming sometimes for me. This is an intense show, you know, especially for us women. Like, just terrible shit happens. And sometimes it's, like, shit that is just happening for, you know... Because someone decides it's good for TV or it's good for the story when in reality it isn't. <laughs> I gotta say, though, they are whipping through the timeline. Yeah. It's bananas how fat. Like, I can keep going, okay, what are they What are they doing, like, next season? Like, there's so much of this show that, like, in the, that we've gotten so far that could have been, like, two seasons of a TV show. I really feel like we're more than halfway like through the book because I feel like we could have got a ton more of young Rhaenyra and young Laner and young Alicent like and you know nothing wrong with the actors we have now but I feel like there's there is much more story opportunity for younger Rhaenyra. Yeah and I, I think part of it is I I don't want to watch an entire season that's just like out and out war 
So I'm kind of like, oh, I w- maybe I would have liked to spend a little more time on some other shit. Yeah, because I, you know, next season's probably going to be all like war shit. It's going to be the shit that everyone was signing up for when they saw that Game of Thrones is getting a prequel series. But I'm really enjoying this, you know, family drama soap opera is shit because, you know, not everything needs to be gore and violence. Like, I love a good story. Yeah. And I think a good story sometimes doesn't involve those gory things. Yeah. And I also just like that it's much more contained. Like, I've said this before, but. Game of Thrones, you had storylines that didn't converge until like the fifth season of the show or some shit. And here, everything is kind of right there. And I like that. It's much more easy to track. It means I I don't suddenly have to go to a storyline I don't give a shit about. Which is kind of my problem with the Lord of the Rings show right now. It's like I care about about half of the storylines and the other ones. I'm like, meh, just go back to the other thing that I actually enjoy. Whereas this, it's just the one story. Oh, and I hope that it I hope that it stays that way. Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I, I never I never got into that. That game or not, the Lord of the Rings show. It's it's not bad. It's fine and with a couple of glaring exceptions, it looks really good. But I'm a couple episodes behind, and I'm sort of like, eh, I'll watch it at some point. It doesn't help that every episode is an over an hour. I'm just like, <sighs> Yeah, but you know what show I'm really enjoying right now? What's that? Bake Off. Bake Off is good. It was bread week. A very good week. We saw very good bakers. And we had two bakers gone because of probably covid Something. Yeah, it's it's very weird that they don't say COVID. And they just say they're feeling under the weather. That seems very strange to me, but whatever. I hope more bakers don't get COVID because I think, like, God, like, you know, two bakers got COVID. You know, that means all bakers could get COVID. Like, what if Prue's not there next week? You know, what if what if Paul Hollywood, like, is sick for, like, three weeks? Like, we, we need Paul Hollywood. I am slightly concerned because apparently this week is like Mexican week. And I just go, um, I'm slightly cause like they're little skits and jokes and stuff. And I'm a little, a little bit, I feel like especially Europe doesn't have like the best, uh, gauge of offensiveness when it comes to that kind of stereotyping. And I am apprehensive. I think they'll be appropriate. I mean, you know, two weeks ago when they were asking, like, if it's a cake or bread, and then it's a dog. And then, you know, they started off the show with a Star Wars skit. I I really don't think they're going to do something. I really hope they're not going to do anything insensitive. I I saw a picture of Matt and Noel in like sombreros and I'm concerned I just say be prepared we don't need that however I do need to try some of the, that Swedish like cake thing 
oh my god like reading all the ingredients they put like you know bread with different seafoods or Jurgen's like fish and chips cake that seems yeah, the whole, delicious it looks like it, it's supposed to look like a cake but actually it's like bread and um kind of a sandwich and I just go I don't understand why but okay I've never wanted to eat something so much in my goddamn life. I'm so glad that his fish and ch- chip one was good because they were so rude about it. Like being like, why the fuck would you do that? And that sounds disgusting. And then it was awesome. And that made me happy. And they gave him an air fryer, which we need to give uh, we need to give him more air fryers. Some of them were really cool looking. I know. Makes me want to go to Sweden. If only Sweden was closer to London. I mean, you could do it, but you'd probably have to not go to Disneyland. I could do both. I'll tell Carlos we have to have one of those cakes. Maybe someone in Paris makes them. I don't know. But I do like Bake Off. And I like the contestants. And they made some good-looking pizza. I know, I was surprised they did pizza. They've been doing a lot of savory items lately, which has been, like, fun to see because they don't really do a lot of savory. Yeah, you'll see occasionally, you know, a contestant decide to make something savory, but it's rare that it's, you know, that the intention is savory. Yeah. I think I said Jürgen later, or earlier, but I met Yanush. Yeah. You did, yeah. Because I was thinking, and I knew I was, it wasn't. I was knew it wasn't Jurgen, but I couldn't think of his actual name. I know because I was sitting here and I'm like, that was from last season. Jurgen was last season. Yanush is this season. I got Jurgen. I know. I'm so sad he didn't win. Yeah, I but wanted him I to like win. Giuseppe. Oh, I Giuseppe. And he was oh, just like whenever he would talk about his dad. He was such a sweet guy. We have a lot of good bakers. Yeah. I'm very happy for our bakers. Like, everyone does really good. Like, there's nothing that anyone has that, like, isn't good. Like, you know, one of the pizzas Paul had, like, there's too much cheese. And he's like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I love that so much. Oh, man. And then I forget his name, but the baker that did, like, the barbecue. Um, I think he did a barbecue pizza, the heart pizza. Then he did, like, the barbecue bread for the Swedish challenge. I really mm-hmm. like him. Yeah, I like him. He's too. a lot of fun. What a good you know what else I like? Um, I, I can't think of what else you like. What do you like? It is going to be a shocking statement. I really like Star Wars right now. Oh, don't say that shit, Emily. <laughs> don't, don't say that because you're going to jinx it. And then... And then next week, they're going to be mean to us. Oh, next week, fucking Luke Skywalker is somehow going to show up. God damn it. We can't get away from that fucking family. I love the show. It feels not just, it feels like a good TV show. Not, you know, I don't think it's prestige television. I don't think it's, you know, The Wire or Breaking Bad, but it's an really solid TV show and it for Star Wars is head and shoulders above anything we've gotten. 
I get so sad when it's over. Like, after today's episode ended, I was like, shit, I want more. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, these, these, I mean, I liked those first three, but these past two weeks, fuck me. I'm just so surprised that Star Wars can give us something like so non Star Warsy and so story driven. I feel like Star Wars hasn't been a story driven show or story driven entity in a long, long time. And it's just, it's, it put, puts character ahead of making references to star wars things and it it cares about character development and motivation and it looks really good and it's uh, this is why i don't want to see hardcore star wars fans making star wars basically is because Tony Gilroy doesn't feel at all beholden to, ooh, here's this thing I remember from a kid that I really liked that I need to work in a reference to. He 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 wants to tell the story that he wants to tell. And yeah, there's stuff in there, you know, like the, the references we got at the people that he was going to invite to his dinner party or in the museum, or I mean, not the museum, but the whatever, the fancy artifact store that Luthen works at. There, there was stuff in there, but it doesn't grind the sh- show to a halt to nudge you in the ribs and go, hey, 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 it's that thing you remember. Tony Gilroy is the best thing to happen to Star Wars in a long time. Oh, my God. Just give him all of Star Wars. I, I, Just some of those scenes, like some of those like transition scenes where... You know, you're looking at a character from a distance or some of those those shots of um, of Captain Karen's house. Like, it's just so interesting to see this yeah. kind of cinematography in Star Wars. And it's, you know, it's taking its time. It's letting things breathe. And we have Mon Mothma now and I love her so much. And I cannot wait to find out what the fuck is going on with that marriage because it is Dude. baffling. Fuck her husband and their their daughter. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Here's. I. I just. I love it. I love all of it. Uh, and here's the other thing: is it actually treats the fans like. I mean, the, the viewers, like, they're not fucking morons who need to have every single thing explained to them. Like the, the scene with their daughter. What are they arguing about? I don't know. Like, she was going to take her to something. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. It doesn't really matter because you get the essence of the scene, which is her daughter feels like her mom doesn't actually give a shit about her. And is whatever this was, you know, this event they were going to go to, she was using it to feel like she was, you know, being a mom. And her daughter resents the hell out of her and is kind of a little brat and Perrin is a shitty husband who isn't going to defend his wife. You don't need some unnatural dialogue that you wouldn't get being like, but I was going to take you to the such and such thing today because of such and such and such and such reasons. Because they both know what they're talking about. Doesn't mean we have to. Yeah, I just, so you don't get this stilted, weird explanatory dialogue that I feel like everyone else in Star Wars feels the need to use. It's just like, figure it out. 
they're arguing like parents and kids argue. It's just, it, it's interesting seeing Mothma like this because last episode two, you know, we saw her pristine white, beautiful, beautiful home, all white dishes, tablecloths, walls, just fancy ass fucking furniture. And then her fucking husband, you know, setting up for the party and putting, you know, inviting all these really shitty people, then insinuating that, you know, oh, you're no fun or something, or, you know, just talking her down, like, who the fuck talks down Mon Mothma? A fucking asshole. But I love it, too, because it's, like, we've only seen her as, you know, know, gentle, wise, powerful Mon Mothma who everyone respects. It's so relatable seeing Mothma in like a shitty marriage and in a shitty, you know, she's she's trying so much to do good and could she's surrounded by such bad shit. Like that's so fucking relatable. Like finally Star Wars is becoming coming relatable for people, you know, in unfortunate scenarios. But and fuck her husband fuck i just parent i'm so i'm so interested in finding out more there because i'm like was she ever in love with this guy because the daughter seems old enough that they've been married for a while so it doesn't seem like she it's been a short enough time that she could have just gotten into the marriage because it was somehow you know something she needed to do in order to secure something for the rebellion so it seems like at some point it must have been real but how? Because this guy is such a tool. It, I, I, so I think maybe he's the kind of he's the guy, sort of the guy I hate more than anybody else because you know, look at um, you, you know, Cyril, Karen, dude, or 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 Tarkin or Krennic or these other bad guys that we've gotten. Who, yeah, they, yeah, they're the bad guys and we hate them, but they believe in what they're doing in a very real way. Whereas mm-hmm. parents' belief seems to be, I like the Empire because it means I can continue to be rich and have a lot of good parties. And that makes him so gross. And it's like the perfect amount of gross you know for star wars and for you know people like us to see that you know wow like tony Gilroy is like really trying for us here he's seeing that we're getting the same shit and finally something mm -hmm. different and you know what maybe he's a better parent than mothma potentially that's the shitty thing he, he certainly seems more involved in the kid's life than she is And and I think I think that's cool too. Which is, uh, Mon Mothma is not perfect. Cassian is honestly pretty unlikable. And he's the main character of the show, and he's a piece of shit. And I love it. He's just so mean, and he's so he's just so uptight about everything, and just like. You don't have to know where I'm from. You don't touch my things. Like, he's such an asshole. And it just, I love that, what direction the show is going in. You know, just seeing all these stories from different perspectives. You have what Mothma's doing. You have what um, 
Luthen's doing. You have what Cassian's doing. You have what Karn is doing. Um, and, you know, talking earlier about how it's interesting because, you know, these people are so invested in what they do, especially with the Empire. Like, seeing how fucking upset a Karn Karen is about, you know, losing his job and having to move back to Corzat and living with his mom. <gasps> Dude, his mom sucks. That. Oh my god. Like I feel for him. And it's weird because like he's he's Captain Karen, but that's so shitty because you know, he's looking at the hologram of Cassian and kind of probably mentally thinking like you're the reason why I'm not doing what I love anymore. Well, yeah, and when he's just sitting there eating his uh sad space fruit loops and his mom is like, "Well, I guess you don't have any future prospects anymore, do you? You don't have any at all." And she's just awful i feel for him i feel that's the crazy thing yeah. is that i feel for someone on the other sh- on the other side and i feel that's amazing and especially you know those two isb you know people that are trying to find records of you know possible rebellions on other planets like i feel for them too because you know they're fighting for something that like no one is helping them with and it's crazy to me that I'm kind of looking at other sides of things and being like, you know, wow, that's a really interesting perspective, even though, like, I'm not, like, pro-Empire or anything. Like, yeah, also, you know, I'm sympathetic. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by her because, and I didn't, I didn't pick it up the first time I watched episode four, but when um, head, head security guy, what's his name? The guy played by Anton Glasser, who's in Game of Thrones, um, Yes, it starts with a P. Can't remember. Anyway, he had, when he's talking to her after she's had the little spat with with the other guy, and he has this line about "You're supposed to be tucked away here," and and has another line something about like all of her potential and how far she should go, and there's some line about "You're supposed to be tucked away here," and I went, "What the shit does that mean?" But I, I, I don't know, but I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated, too, that Cassian has ended up on, like, a heist to get, you know, the payroll information for, the you know, the fucking, that, the sector of the Empire that he's at right now. Dude, that's a shit ton of money they are trying to feel, steal. It's a quarterly pay- payroll for the entire sector. I mean, first of all, quarterly payroll? That fucking sucks. It is not easy to be a dude working for the Empire, I gotta say. But that was a shit ton of money, and I love a heist. I love how Luthen gets there, and, you know, he's talking with... What's the girl saying that he was talking to? I'm blanking on her name. Val. Talking to Val. Yeah. Val. And, you know, she's, you know, telling him to get Cassian on, or Clem. Clem, as he's known now. And he gives her, like, this dad yell of, like, you know, I, I told you to listen to me or you're not listening or something. Like, I think he's totally dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some real strong dad vibes there. And then, again, in the, the episode this week when he's listening to the to comm system, even though there's not going to be anything to hear yet. I know. And then the poor girl is, like, giving him shit about it. The girl who looks like Eleven from Stranger Things. Like, she's just like, what are you doing? Like, you've been here for an hour. Like, we gotta clean shit. Let's go. I love her, too. Oh, my God. Another another reason I love this show. From episode four, when Luthen is getting into character, and he has, you know, he puts on the wig and all the rings and the costume. If this were on, 
Mandalorian, and this was Johnny Favs doing this, there'd be like plinky plink funny music. Isn't this funny where he's putting on the silly wig and being weird. And instead we get this grand sad orchestral soundtrack that's fits in with all the rest of the show that's intercut throughout this whole sequence. And it's, it's Skarsgård looking so tired and so sad that this is what he's got to do because he obviously hates being this guy, but it's part of the thing. And it is this heartbreaking little moment. And I loved it so much. And it just made me so grateful that this is Tony Gilroy running the show because he gives it weight where all the other Star Wars we've gotten would have played it for comedy. And that special scene of Luthen getting into character and him kind of moving his arm around, just acting like the character that he's supposed to be portraying in this, you know, antique shop or something like that is some of the greatest Star Wars footage we've ever received because, you know, it's something like it was almost like not meant for us to see, you know, him getting into character. Like it's just remarkable of what Tony is filming for this and, you know, what we're able to see, like, it's it's really good. I'm I'm really happy of what Andor is providing for us. And I'm you know, I'm genuinely shocked. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I do now. Because I mean, it, it's hard not to be optimistic. it's hard to be optimistic mm-hmm. about the future of Star Wars. You know, just because of the decisions they've been making and casting and the shows that they're doing and the amount of Luke Skywalker CGI shit they have. Um and I, I don't know. I remember hearing rumors about Tarkin. Do you think that they're going to put CGI Tarkin somewhere in here? I don't know. Because, again, you have the fact that, that Gilroy doesn't feel the need to put in a bunch of, you know, irrelevant characters just to have them. But Tarkin wouldn't be irrev- um, irrelevant here. I also don't know if if he would go CGI. I mean, maybe if they really pressured him to, but this is a guy who, I mean, didn't use the volume, largely. I mean, almost all of this was shot on sets and locations. And, and so I don't know. Like, I really want to see Tarkin, but I also really don't want to see a CGI monstrosity. Also, that dude who works with the Imperial chick... Why didn't they just cast that guy as Tarkin? Holy <laughs> fuck. I know. I had to do a double take when I first saw him because I'm thinking, oh shit, is this Tarkin? Just gray his hair up and age him up. Give him some age makeup. Have him play Tarkin because he has the cheekbones and it, I was just so distracted by him. Maybe he has a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like episode four really good i'm really loving to get to know some of the heist characters some of them are a little slimy which i like really like and the the diorama i like the diorama kid yes i like him a lot because he is super hardcore devoted and i did kind of that makes me a little bit suspicious of him but whatever i'm suspicious of all of them like i think at least one of them is a spy for the empire yeah but also then i go but why wouldn't they 
stop it. What are like what are they waiting for? Is kind of my thing. If any of them is a spy, but I like that they have a spy in the Imperials, and I like that it's because he fell in love with the local woman. That made me very sad. You know, that was horrible to to hear. And then you have Skeen when he's talking about how his brother killed himself because the Empire took his farm away. Yeah. That's another thing. That see, it feels yeah. things that we would never get in Star Suicide? Wars. Yeah. That I feel yeah. I feel like on another show it would have been, oh, they the Empire shot my brother because he was, you know, protesting that they took his farm away. But this is much more heartbreaking. You know, all these people coming together with a cause and you know, what caused them to, you know, want to fight against the the Empire, you know. You know, losing a brother or losing, you know, the person you loved, like, you know, actually real life things instead of something vague like Cassian said, since it, like I've been in this fight since I was six <gasps> years old, you know, like we're getting like some beefy information about oh, these characters. Oh How funny is it that that Cassian lies about being on Mimban for two years? And then Skarsgård calls him out on it. He's like, you were there for t- for, for six months and you were a cook. <laughs> and I just went, that's so cool. I, I just, I really, I'm obviously we knew from Rogue One, they talk, Cassian talks about he did terrible shit. But in my head, that was always, you know, as, you know, as part of the rebellion, you have to make terrible choices. But this is just, no, this guy is a piece of shit. We, the first time we see him, he murders two dudes. He basically steals money from his friends, lies to him all the time, lies to his ex girlfriend, yeah, lies to everybody. And I, you, you, yes, he's trying to find his sister, and yes, we know who Cassian becomes, but. Right now, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like that he's a, kind of just a dick. And yes, there's reasons for it. We, you know, obviously his his childhood was very, very bad. And bad things have happened to him since then. But just his aggro, don't touch me shit. And, and there's so much stuff there. And when he's giving that speech to them, that, yeah, I'm doing it for the money. So the fuck what? It's it's like he is. He's Han Solo if Han Solo weren't charming. He's just a dick. I love it. Like, yeah, I'm doing it for the money. Like, I was surprised that he said that, too. I'm thinking, damn, like, he really doesn't give a shit about any of these people. And, you know, I kind of like that, like, anti-hero, like, aspect that they're kind of creating with Cassian. But also, like, that he just doesn't give a shit. Like, especially, like, he was lying to Luthen. He's lying to all these people. I mean, God only knows, like, what's actually true. I mean, who even knows if he's actually looking for his sister? Like, he can all just be doing this despite the Empire. Yeah. I, 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 I just... I can't wait to see where the show goes, which I hadn't felt in a real long time in Star Wars. And and I just feel like I could be watching any well done drama because the Star Wars is there, but it's not. It's not about the Star Wars. It's about the story. 
I don't, okay, I gotta, I gotta say, I, I, I gotta take umbrage with our friends over at the scruffy looking podcasters because I was listening to their episode this week and I got very annoyed because they said that nothing really happens on Andor and they weren't saying it as 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 a bad thing they weren't saying it as a negative but boys as much as I love you just because there's not action sequences doesn't mean there's not shit happening there is so much going on in this show we've gotten a more backstory for Cassian than we would normally have for any Star Wars character in a TV show we've got this whole heist that's being planned. We have all of the Imperial Security Bureau infighting. We have the stuff going on with Mothma. Just because nobody's firing blasters all the time. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is a thing I should blame Marvel movies for or what. But things happening doesn't just equal action sequences. Yeah, I don't know. I think I blame it on having a penis. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. But it did, it did, even though they weren't saying it as a negative, it did get under my skin. Because I'm like, what are you fucking talking yeah, about? There's all know. kinds of shit I- happening on this show. This just means that we need to, you know, casually invite ourselves on to have another Canto Bite, scruffy looking I mean, podcast that's apparently show. how they have all their guests, is people just invite themselves on the show yeah yeah i'll I'll bother ed tell ed hey we're gonna come on to yell at you <laughs> yeah but i mean i'm we're yelling at at no i don't want to say th- i say two out of the four members of the scruffy looking podcasters because you know number one like i don't think i can yell at celebrity artist chris hall okay but he's the one who likes and... the show the least so and then you know and you can't hate kev i mean he's just sitting there for 20 minutes talking about his week <laughs> like someone that has that enjoyable of a week that they talk about it for like 20 minutes like i don't think i can be mean to that person because like they're having much more enjoyable i mean weeks than I am. uh go back to the first hour of our show i don't think we can throw any stones on the just talking about bullshit for the opening it's not bullshit. It was important that I went to cats and I talked about <laughs> but it. But I'm saying that's a thing that you did in your week. Yeah, but it didn't include anything about football. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, you know, I watch football all the time, but I don't talk about it. You know, like I'm I'm invested in this year's like football, not because of Tom Brady and Giselle Boonchin's divorce, different football. but you know, Oh, I know that's what I meant. But yeah. But yeah, then I'm into the other football, which like I keep like, you know, Kev and I in this in this football league that we're in, like we're always like two points away oh from each other. It's either uh, I'm on top or I haven't he's even on top. Opened the app in weeks. Here, let me tell I check on it like like daily. Like here, let me let me see how you're doing right now. All right. You are currently in 12th place with 375 points. 
Kev is in 11th place with 402 points, and I am in 10th place with 403 God damn points. damn it. I really just wanted to beat Kev, but. I'll do it for you. You know, us, our points combined beats him, so I think <laughs> okay. that's good enough. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> There's no <laughs> rules in fantasy. Anyway, Andrew's fucking awesome, and there's all kinds of shit happening in it. And it's good. And I love my mama. And I can't wait until Senator Peter Towson shows up. Oh my god, why do you think that she was stuck in the car ride for so long? What do you think he was doing to her? Being a, just a dick? Being like, why aren't you at home? Why don't you love me, mama? Uh, I'm not a dick. <laughs> Asshole. I just, I, I just really want their backstory, and I hope we get it. I am sad we didn't get his party. I thought we were going to get his party, and we didn't. But hopefully, we get another party later on because it seems like he seems like a guy who throws a lot of parties. I know. I'm so invested in their marriage. It's weird. I'm just, yeah. I want to know I'm, why. I'm just fascinated because it makes me go, who. Who was she at one point that this is the dude that she wanted to marry? It was probably an arranged marriage. I'll put my money on that. I mean, we did, maybe they, they, she has that. They, you know, they have a lot of ceremonies and stuff on their planet. So he needs to get rid of that top knot <laughs> thing he has on his head. It's not a great look. not it's like you know mullets are coming back with that if you're a grown if you have a grown if you're a grown-ass man and you have a mullet i'm sorry for you yeah oh we have a voicemail we have a voicemail from matt mole and i don't know if, if we're going to remember to play it or not this episode Okay, here we go. Sup, ladies? Hope you're well. Mamo from Australia here. Cue the intro music and business card shower. Voicemail attached. Bye! Okay. What's up, ladies? Aussie Mike Peppers here from the Three Men and a Baby Yoda podcast. Coming to you with a <laughs> fuck, marry, kill that's very subject appropriate this week. I'm going to give you Jason Bateman... Sean Hayes and Will Arnett, who I think you'll be sending a cease and desist order very shortly because as a long-time listener of your podcast and a recently one of theirs on Smartless, the way they end their show, I believe they owe royalties to the Canobite Dispatch. Examples provided below. Speak to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. I have one word to tell you. Ready? Bye. And that's it. Bye. <laughs> too far from there. In fact, I live really near... Bye! <laughs> no one's ever tried quicker to get to the bye than Sean. <laughs> Have a good rehearsal today, Sean. Bye, everybody. Bye, bud. Okay, no, 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 you cannot. I don't even need right a telescope for I can just yeah. see it coming right here. Jesus. I start the conversation by saying hi, but how do you end it? <laughs> you say bye! bye. bye. 
I mean, I would complain, but I stole it from another podcast, so I can't. Would you steal the? Wait, what did you steal from another podcast? Uh, the bye that. Well, I mean, not intentionally, but that's the, uh, my favorite murder. When I used to listen to true crime mm-hmm. stuff, they do that. I don't know when I started doing the bye. Like I just, it, it just feels natural to me, you know. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill, Bateman Hayes and Arnett. I'm assuming you know who at least like one of these people is. Yeah, I know Jason Bateman because I know um, Arrested Development. I know Sean Hayes because Will and Grace. And I know Will Arnett because he used to be married to Amy Poehler. And and also Arrested Development. Yeah. But I just know him from being married to Amy Poehler. So I have to kill him. Okay. Um... I'll marry Sean Hayes. He seems nice. And then I'll fuck Jason Bateman because I like him too. He was good in The Outsider. Oh, he really was. He was great in that. I know. That was a good show. I wish he did more drama. He really should. I mean, mean, he just did. I mean, I guess he was on, he's on that Netflix one for ages, but Mm -hmm. I don't like that show. So I want to do more drama that I like is what I should say. Hmm. I'm going to kill Sean Hayes because I didn't like Will and Grace and I love Arrest Development and I can't kill anybody from Arrest Development. It was one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, Will Arnett seems like a lot. I think he's very funny and probably a nice dude, but he seems like a lot. I watch him hosting Lego Masters, and I know hosting a show is not the same as being a real person, but again, he's a lot. So I think I would fuck him and marry Jason Bateman, because Jason Bateman just seems really nice, and I've never heard anything bad about him. Well, having sex with Lornette is like fucking the Energizer Bunny. Probably. Yeah. I just want him to not, he just can't talk while it's happening. I don't need anybody, like, cracking jokes while we're having sex. Oh, that's always fun, though. That always, like, lightens the mood. Not if he's, like, because he he has a way of telling jokes where he is very much telling jokes. That's true. And wants people to laugh and be, give him attention. And I I don't, I don't know. It sounds like I hate him, but I actually really do think he's funny and I like him. But also, he's a lot. Yeah, Jason, Jason Bateman just seems like a nice guy. He seems Jason Bateman seems like maybe he's just a guy who teaches at the nearby school, and you see him at the coffee shop, and you go, "Oh, he's a nice guy." Oh, that means we want to change my answer now. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to fuck Will, kill Sean, and marry Jason because, like, those are all really good fucking points because. I mean, I don't really know a lot about Sean Hayes other than, like, yeah, Will and Grace. And, like, he has a couple, like, one-liners. And, you know, Jason Bateman's just so cool. Like, the cool guy in the coffee shop. Yeah, that guy's cool. He orders a cafe macchiato every day or something. You know, like, like, Joe Cool. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Matt Mo. Uh I guess, yeah, I can't, I can't take them to court over this. Because of my own plagiaristic tendencies. 
but it does very make me laugh to hear that and i didn't even know that they had a podcast but anyway is there anything else we need to talk about this week no i think we covered everything yeah watch bake off watch house of the dragon definitely watch andor which is full of things happening and uh Brittany, where can people find you on the internet you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Canto Brit. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. You can send us email or voice messages like Matt Molded, and that is CantoBitePod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye! Bye. Uh, Canto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Canto bitch. Brittany, the Jinj, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendo Bitch number one.